0: You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show.
1: Melbourne, Australia, and you're listening to the Global Spotlight Podcast. Today, we have another magic Melburnian. I mean that in every sense of the word. We're going to explore the magic that we're now creating. We've only known each other a very, very short time, but there's explosions going on in our mind with all the ideas that we're sharing. We're going to share those with you today. I'm I'm talking to Helen MacDonald, a magic Melburnian, an awesome Aussie. And as I said, you're listening to the Global Spotlight Podcast. And it's all part of a a project that I'm working on with my good friend, Anne-Marie Cross, The Missing Link for Coaches. And if you want to know more about that, go to themissinglinkforcoaches.com. We've got heaps and heaps of goodies coming up shortly about this, including these uh, free interviews. Let me introduce Helen first, and then we'll go into this really, really cool conversation. Helen Mack is Australia's corporate optimist, creating optimum performance through systematic improvements in attitude activity management and achievement focus combining decades of experience in cultural change with practical psychology based on her bachelor of psychology Helen works with leaders individual contributors and teams to develop an optimistic culture, delivering better outcomes. Welcome to the call, Helen. Thank you
0: very much for inviting me, Keith. I'm, I'm very excited to be sharing some of my ideas with your audience and uh, hopefully really adding value to, to all the coaches out there who are wanting to add value to their clients.
1: We 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 work. We have a lot of friends that are coaches, and this is all about the idea of helping coaches be their best. And I just wanted to share a little bit of a technical story. We've actually recorded this interview already, but it didn't work. So ordinarily that would be a disaster, but because of that bit of a mind glitch, um, magic happened. We created a URL and a hashtag in the magic while I was rebooting. We, we both collectively just had this brainstorm, we, didn't we? Yeah. Can you just explore this idea of optimism versus positivity and why sometimes when bad stuff happens, good stuff happens as a result? But you've got to you do, that. And that's
0: the key piece about my message, Keith. is that um, positive thinking has a negative impact. And pe- a lot of people think, oh, good grief, how can you be working against the whole positive thinking um, genre and way of, way of being? And I say, well, the challenge is that just thinking good thoughts doesn't make anything happen. So, as you say, we had this little technical glitch and if we had gone, oh, well, it'll be okay, then you might have been able to edit together something and and, and the the coaches um, in your connection could have got some value, but instead we stopped and we said, what can we do? And so, in the can we do space, what activity, what's the reality, where are we really? And the reality was we knew that we weren't going to get the best possible outcome What can we do? Well, you could reboot your computer and we could start again. And in that space that we created, all of a sudden some new ideas sprang into reality. And then, of course, I had to pause while we I took action on it because there is no outcome without action. And that's the key around optimism. So optimism comes from a Greek word which means the search for good. And even in that definition – there is, uh, I should say a Latin word, meaning the search for good. And even in that definition, there is a verb to search. You can't, mm. can't uh, optimise without a search for the best outcome. And in that search and the activity that you then generate to get towards that better outcome, things happen. Magic happens.
1: Magic happens. I mean, it try, quite literally does. And like I coined a phrase today, I'm going to start using this all the time. Would you like hashtags with that? <laughs> Because in the first interview, and we'll talk a bit more about this in the course of this interview, but in the first interview, Helen introduced the idea of one million optimists. And I thought, I really like that idea. Let's go and grab the hashtag one million optimists. And then we took it a step further, and Helen had to actually got so excited. (laughs) I mean, while I was rebooting, she went and bought two (laughs) URLs. One million optimists.com. And and the the exciting part about that is that now,
0: of course, now I own that um, URL, which is really exciting, and that backs up my big, hairy, audacious goal, my BHAG, that I want to create a community of one million optimists on the planet because I truly believe that if we can get a, a large enough community having an optimistic attitude instead of, positive thinking, and optimistic attitude, taking action to optimize their outcomes, Mm. we can solve literally all of the problems on the planet because optimism is the achievement mindset. It makes things happen.
1: It's the achievement. Exactly what happened there. We had an idea. You acted on it straight away. While I was rebooting, you went and grabbed that URL. There was a little bit of a time lag. I had to wait around. I've had to fix my computer. But we've now got a new part of reality sprung from nowhere. And this is where we live. This is how we roll, as you as you said. This is how we roll. (laughs) And I think
0: a lot of a lot lot of good stuff happens. Good stuff happens when good minds come together, and good stuff happens when good intent comes together. And that's really what you're doing with these podcasts, Keith. Is you're you're tapping into your fabulous network of interesting, clever people and sharing that information with other people so that they can make their worlds better. And every time good people come together and good intentions connect, better outcomes happen. And that's part of the optimism factor as well.
1: There's a TED talk Ooh. in this. There's certainly a book in it. But look, why don't we take it right back to the beginning and let people around the world hear your story. How did you become a coach? Have you always wanted to be a coach? Is, is this something you've always wanted to do or did you did you fall into it later in life? I think
0: it's not, it wasn't necessarily something I always wanted to be. It was just something that I always did. So even as a team, Ah, okay. I've been yeah. doing this. I think before I even knew what coaching was, I was in. I was always into sport at school, so we had sports coaches. And but I never thought I wanted to be a sports coach. When I was younger, though, I would all often end up in conversations with other people. Initially, as a teenager, with other teens, and then as a slightly older teenager with with um, young people, because I got involved in youth work and all that sort of thing. And I was always having conversations with people about how to get better. Better results, how to connect better with school, or how to connect better with their family, or how to sort out a fight with a friend. It was just that literally a natural part of the way that I was. And then somehow, in my early years before I, in my early years of work before I added coaching as a as part of my portfolio of offerings, I would find myself doing the same thing at work, talking to colleagues, talking to you know even to managers. It became just a part of. I think it's less what I do and more. Who I am. My husband was on the phone yeah. just before talking to someone. He said, "Yeah, Helen did uh, did three lots of coaching last yesterday." Um Just as an aside, while my husband was in hospital and I was in the in the hospital canteen, <laughs> I was on the phone to three different people who were in crisis who just needed that calm voice to help them take the next logical yeah. step because they couldn't think straight anymore, it kept me busy, which was great um but it also added value to other people, which made my world a better place, which meant that when I then went to you know collect block after the day procedure. I was in a better space, so if he was in a better space. It was yeah. all a good outcome. It, it's not what I do, it's who I am. And I think a lot of your coaches out
1: yeah. there will read. It's not what I do, it's who I am. It's, it's, it's why I love hanging out with people mm. like you, Helen, because you know we get energy from helping others, and it's the fundamental principle of humankind, mm. isn't it? I mean, it is. If you help others, you will be a better person and you will be happier. It's not one of those T-shirt aphor- aphorisms you just wear around and say and put on Facebook in a nice pretty picture. <laughs> It absolutely rings true. Absolutely,
0: and I think the my passion around optimism is that, the, that life is too short to be miserable at work, and one of the things that people do is they get miserable at work and they forget that slavery has been abolished and you can make a choice to change, and you can change a couple of things. You can either change your work or you can change yourself and your attitude to it, but either way, life is too short to be miserable full stop but it's sure as eggs yeah. too short to be miserable at work and even as coaches we need to make sure that we're enjoying it that we're, still getting, that we're still getting benefit from it that we're still loving it so that we can add the most possible value to our clients
1: you know this is what you've just said there really makes me realise why I'm so excited about this project this is a project that's come from me it's come from yeah. my soul and the reason why is because you know I was a coach and I've got friends who are coaches and we have down oh. days and sometimes we have doubt and we wonder whether we're, you know, we're doing the right thing. And sometimes just being around people that are doing it and sharing different ideas helps energize us. Reinvent, even re, uh, redesign our future because we're probably going to create a product from what we've just what has mm. just happened that I hadn't
0: thought of mm. yesterday. Mm, exactly, and it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been in conversation, if it had all been theoretical, if you and I had been contemplating our navels and, and things that are good like meditating. We may have come up with some of these ideas, but by having two brains connecting, two hearts connecting, two souls connecting, it's a whole different thing. And in coaching, it's the same. If you can get a connection with a client where you're connected at an intellectual and emotional and a soul level, then of course you can take them further.
1: That's great. And look, one of the reasons I'm doing this, uh, this series of, uh, Podcast is I do have a sequence. So you might not think so. I'm an Aquarian male, and usually I don't have any order to my life at all. But this particular process has a lot of order, and there's a whole series of really great questions that I've already asked Helen, and now she's going to reiterate them. Uh, so one of the questions I want to ask is who is your ideal client, and who who do you work with? Who do you and how do you help well, them? The
0: fast forward answer of that, Keith, is that I have there's really two groups of clients that I currently work with, and then a the third group that is rapidly growing, and I'll talk about that later but the first group is managers in organisations. So um, as well as being a coach, I'm also a speaker and a trainer and so often over a larger project, a one-year, two-year project, we will do inputs of skills building workshops and sessions and then I will coach them for both the managers and for their, their teams, their individuals, and then I will coach the managers on their approach in terms of implementing all of the ideas that have come up in the training. How do they understand their teams better? How do they maximize the uh, productivity and effectiveness of each of their team members? How do they get their team to work as a dynamic unit? So that coaching, which of course has that optimism as the achievement mindset theme throughout it. Works in a corporate setting, hence the corporate optimism as my corporate optimist as my general title. Mm-hmm. The second group that I work with is one-on-one coaching for usually for small business owners and solopreneurs, people like you and me or people who are running a smaller business. Um, not, not a big corporate, who want to get better outcomes, and we talk about things like how do you develop and maintain the right mindset, the achievement mindset, on a daily basis. Uh, we work on business marketing strategies, particularly on the person-to-person connection and on on um, implementing the principles to get them better outcomes in their very small businesses or micro-businesses. And those two have been trundling along really nicely for a number of years and I and, uh, had some great clients in those two spaces. The third one that's the little burgeoning one is the One Million Optimists idea, the idea of bringing together a community both face-to-face and uh, virtually. And then in that group, I'll be offering uh, both face-to-face and online group coaching where people say, I want to be a part of learning how to do more of this activating optimism. Mm-hmm. So
1: three different groups. Mm-hmm. That is so brilliant. Now, normally, normally, this format of uh, Global Spotlight Podcast goes for one session of 15 minutes. And usually, up until now, because I've done five so far, that's been enough. But, Helen, there's so much great stuff to share that we're going to take a pause there and we're going to go come back for part two. And we're going to ask more questions. We're going to go deep into this idea of the uh, one million optimists idea we're going to hear a, a lot of really uh, great wisdom so stay tuned come back, hold on, I'm going to go into some funky music now and then we're going to come back with part two of the Global Spotlight podcast We're back, part two of the interview with Helen MacDonald, the magic Melbourneian, the awesome Aussie. And we're talking about optimism versus positivity, 1millionoptimists.com and the hashtag 1millionoptimists. Would you like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Just a bit of a joke there about a technical problem we had earlier today, which could have been a disaster, but we flipped it. I rebooted my computer, Helen had a break, and in that moment, that 10 or 15 minutes, there was gold, there was magic, and we created something that may eventually come into something really quite wonderful in the next few months. So this is part two of the interview we're doing with Helen, and I really want to pick up on this idea of um, what would you, what you would do uh, if you were to go back in time. So this year is uh, 2015, it's the year Marty McFly went to the future. 21st of October actually is the actual day he went back to the future and we haven't arrived there yet, but this this podcast doubtlessly will live in cyberspace forever. So 21st of October 2015, Marty McFly goes to the future and then he goes back to 1985. And I wonder what would happen if we had that opportunity. What would you do, Helen, if you could go back 10 or 20 years and talk to your younger self? What would you say? I
0: loved this question, Keith, uh, in terms of the, the preparation that I did for our conversation today. It's one of those things that I think all of the coaches out there could really benefit from questioning of themselves about. What What would you t- advice would you give your younger self? Because what I realised was that it then helped me remember to keep Telling yourself current self that. Mm, mm. So it's a really powerful, powerful question. I love it. So the first thing that came up for me is something that I I am aware of that I have been it's been a constant work in progress for me for over the years, and that is you are enough. You are good enough. You are clever enough. You are creative enough. Don't let um, people or circumstances make you feel like you have to, do, to somehow do more than your best. That all of us as coaches want to do our best, be our best, do, our best, mm, and do the best mm. for our clients. But we need to recognize that whatever client we have in front of us, they either they have chosen us or the universe has put us together, we are enough for them at that time. And so we need to be mm. um, confident in, in the yeah. space that we're holding. That's brilliant. The second, which is really important for me, particularly at the moment, I'll explain what that, what that means in a minute, is do what you're meant to do. Avoid getting pulled off path by other people who think they know better. So I've been... Off path a little bit over the last couple of years, focusing on some other work which I really enjoy. And I haven't been putting my energy into the thing that I'm the most passionate about, which is this idea of one million optimists on the planet, believing that a million mm-hmm. people coming together with good intent and with the skills and the tools that I can help them have in their arsenal, that we can literally change the planet, that we can fix any problems on the planet. And so the optimism zone has been a path that I have been away from a little bit. Having come back, I feel like I've got booster rockets on and I'm charging down the path that a million an hour. Yes. So just don't let yourself get distracted by either by bright shiny objects that kind of take you away or by people who tell you what they believe you should do. And by the time mm. you've got this person telling you you should do this and this person telling you you should do that, you end up with people shooting all over you and you've just got to make sure that you are very clear about what is it that I'm meant to be doing? What what lights my fire? What What lifts me up?
1: Yeah. And look, you've mentioned two very key points there and the third one obviously is com, which I'm going to leverage mm-hmm. and tell the whole world about. But you've said two things. One is don't let yourself be distracted by bright, shiny objects. This is actually a, a whole story in the 21st century. This idea that, oh, this that's a new gadget. I could save heaps of time if I had one of them. But I've <laughs> got to learn how to use it, which means I can't do what I'm doing now because I've got to learn that. But when I do that, I'm going to save myself 15 minutes a day.
0: <laughs> when I spend the four hours to learn how to do it. <laughs>
1: And, I mean, I'm I'm saying that as a joke because when you see this bright, shiny object, it it sounds like a fantastic idea today, but, you know, it might take you two or three hours to learn, maybe two or three hours to go down the rabbit hole and go, actually, geez, that was a mistake. Not only did I waste three hours, it completely just doesn't work. The second thing I think is more important, probably in this space, is this idea of, I know best, follow me. I know what's best for you, Keith. Don't trust yourself. You know, you have no idea what you need to be doing. I do. I've been doing this a long time. I, I just trust me. I've been doing this for a while just just follow me. I know what I'm doing. Do you, have you, do you still get that or did you get that in your earlier I days? I got
0: it in my earlier days and I had, uh, I had one well-meaning uh, coach and mentor who took me off path for a couple of years. The journey was useful. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things that I absolutely believe in and this is one of the other things I tell my younger self is don't be distressed by bad experiences. There is a learning in every experience.
1: So I learned a lot and I gathered
0: more information and it took me off path. Um, And and I respected their opinion, still do, I should have been, I could have been stronger in myself and said, I'm going to stick with this, I'm going to stick with this thing that I know makes my heart sing, as opposed to to trying to cram it into someone else's
1: definition. Do you have a mechanism for that? Do you have a mantra? Do you have a cheat sheet? Do you have some sort of thing you touch to remind yourself?
0: Part of this new focus of the business is. I've also just uh, launched a foundation to raise funds for small, like micro projects,
1: and underneath mm-hmm. that, the
0: Optimism Foundation, which is again a part of the One Million Optimists uh, banner. Um, the uh, the Optimism Foundation has. I, I love business names that are a bit quirky. So the business name for the little activity that sits under that is Knots for Profit, with a K. K N O T S for Profit. Ah, and, and I now profit. make little optimism charms. So it's a little a little uh, ball of uh, orange um, paracord, tiny thin paracord, and I have them everywhere. And so orange is my signature color, as, as anyone who knows me yes. knows. So when I see orange, particularly now, it keeps it just it brings me back, and my optimism okay. charm is my visualizer. So the optimism charms are working are working a charm, ha <laughs> ha.
1: Well, look, I think that's very important because what you just said there, like you trusted your coach's mm. judgment. They took you um, off path, you respected their opinion, but it really wasn't no. your path. And and look, I'd imagine unless you're super strong and rock solid in your mission, that would be very easy to do.
0: Well, it was because also by taking that path, I got their um, affirmations and their input and, and their support. And if I had stuck to my guns, I might not have got as much Support and and uh, and input. So, it, and and as I said, I learned from the experience. Optimists learn from every experience. And so, the things that I learned on that journey are now making me more powerful. So, nothing is the, the optimist. The process of um, getting to the optimist, the achievement mindset, to the optimistic mindset, is to do a reality check. To go, okay, what what ha- actually did happen there? What can I do about? It? I'll, I'll give you a little example. So, the difference between positive thinking and optimism. A positive thinker gets knocked down by a bus. And they go, oh, well, I really needed a rest. And they kind of try to make good of this terrible thing. An optimist says, this, that sucks. <laughs> um, and they ask themselves three really important questions. Uh, what do I need to do to get myself better as quickly as possible? What do I need to learn to make sure that I never do that again? And then how can I pass that on to other people so that they don't have to have the same painful experience as me? That's the reality check part of optimism. Then they take the best possible actions and they take the steps, they take, do whatever is required to get the outcome and that's the optimism part. Now the other danger of that is Going across the optimism and plopping down into the other, the dark pit on the other side, which is delusion. And I had it. There's a Ted, TEDx talk that um, I know you you've seen, Keith, where I talk about the the danger of delusion, which is like dark mm. path on the other side where you go. No, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Crash. So yeah. it, optimism is about a reality check and then optimizing the outcome by choosing the appropriate action.
1: Yeah, it's quite a challenging topic, but it's a big one. It's a big ch And as as we mentioned in the first episode, which no one will ever hear because it never worked, (laughs) it didn't actually record... Uh, you mentioned that you've got a book coming out about this, or that you've certainly got a book in you. I, about I think this, I probably yeah? have
0: several books. I have a first book that I'm that um, my optimists community I'm about to go into reprint. So I've, I'm I'm literally about to, to um, reprint my first book from uh, 13 years ago, which is called Smiley Way to Success. So optimism it differs from positivity as well because it's not just about being happy. It's not just about smiling through all the difficulties. Although I think that's a good thing because it does good things for your brain chemistry. But Smiley Way to Success even had a five step process and only one of them was about turning up the edges of your mouth and kicking in your positive brain chemistry, but the others were about what can you do to make a difference. And so the book, um, the first book that's going to come out um, later on this year, uh, is really around the optimism zone. What do you need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to stay in the zone, if you like? Someone said, I'm going to be the cure for the ozone layer because I'm going to replace the ozone layer with the optimism zone.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a new version a of new the Ozone.
0: version of the Ozone. The new Ozone is Optimism.
1: Uh, That's brilliant. Now, I want to give you plenty of time to tell everyone all about your projects, where you, they can find you, your website, all of your social projects. Let's spend a few minutes making sure that you get plenty of time to do that. So take that away and I'll give fantastic. you the floor.
0: Fantastic. Thanks very much, Keith. So my, my recommendation would be to go to the core Optimism Zone Website optimismzone.com. If you're a big Facebook user, then go to Optimism Zone on Facebook as well, because obviously those two are linked. But on optimismzone.com, you can um, declare yourself an optimist and join the uh, the campaign for one million optimists, and you'll get a you'll get a free uh, uh, sort of poster that you can put up on on your wall and uh, understand. Get your first introduction to the nine principles of of optimism uh, maintenance on a daily basis. You can also in that process, you'll also get a free nine week optimism booster um emails popping into your website into your email every week. And then you can also express interest in attending future events, whether they be the virtual or face to face, which yeah. are currently operating in Melbourne. Uh, well I'm going overseas in September. It's going to America in September. There'll be three locations in the US in, in September. So if you're interested in that, uh, you can find the uh, the Optimist or the Unite Optimist section and express your interest and I'll stay in touch. Do
1: you know which uh, one yes, is you know uh, uh,
0: San Diego Uh, Salt Lake City and Sedona in
1: Arizona. Oh, it's Sedona, Arizona. Does. Okay, i got friends.
0: Um, great energy at Sedona. So those three will be last week of August and the first couple of weeks of September. And Obviously oh, on perfect. OptimismZone.com and on the Facebook Optimism Zone, those um, times and, and uh, details will, will start appearing. Uh, and then the third part is the Optimism Foundation. If you know someone who needs a boost or if you'd like to be part of that, either by sponsoring or by buying some Optimism Charms or whatever, hop into the Foundation section. Um, and the other thing is, of course, I'd love to have people contact me directly by email at helen at helenmack.com.
1: Now, we've been talking to Helen MacDonald, Helen Mack, a magic Melburnian, mm-hmm. an awesome Aussie, and you're probably wondering, why am I doing this? Why am I spending my day interviewing all these really cool people? Other than the fact that it's lots of fun, we're actually promoting a, a bigger project called The Missing Link for Coaches. My very, very good friend Anne-Marie Cross has created a wonderful project over at uh, the coachesconnectionacademy.com. And I've loosely called that the missing link for coaches. So I went and got, in one of my brainstorm moments, the URL, the missing link for coaches. We're going to be sharing all of our great wisdom there. All of the interviews will be there, and there's some great stuff coming up. We're also using the hashtag coaches connection. So if you want to find out more about that, I'll be putting that particular hashtag on Pinterest, Google+, Uh, Twitter, of course, and to a limited extent, Facebook, because hashtags don't work in Facebook that well, but it still is a way to connect with people. And so I wanted to thank you specifically, Helen, for this wonderful (laughs) two-parter. My best interview ever.
0: It's been amazing. Uh, No no way we could get all of this information into one little tiny, uh, all this information and enthusiasm, Keith, into one 15-minute block. Not going to happen.
1: So you'll be able to listen to this on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and some very, very cool things coming up. Everything that gets invented, we're going to be on. We're going to spread this information around the world. And please remember to go and check out 1millionoptimists.com. We've, we invented that today. And the hashtag we're using is 1millionoptimists. So let's keep this moving. Share it with your friends. Let me know what you think. And let's make this one the best interview ever.